You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams and GP. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, you know, healthy life, uh, doing well, safe. Uh, that, that's that's kind of a new one now, right? Safe with all the riots and stuff going on. Yeah, safe and, a good thing. and mm-hmm. yeah, wearing a mask in your own house. That's also part of being safe now, if you notice. Does a beard count as being a mask? Because if that's the case, then I'm, I'm covered. Actually... You know, I haven't heard anyone talk about the uh, the beards because technically, right, if you wear a mask and any you shouldn't have a beard, you shouldn't have a beard. Any OSHA mm. certified like mask that you wear or OSHA regulations that they say you have to shave. So, yep. I mean, if you're going to be safe, then we can't have any beards. Right. So, true. I, I mean, I, I always mean, thought they beards be were safe. Yeah, I always thought beards were I mean, they, they're not very hygienic anyway. Right. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I've i never. Do you have a beard? Because I no, I no, I, I can't. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You do. Oh, yeah. You know what? Oh, yeah. OK, I, I had a beard once, once. And the only reason I had it once is because I lost a, or I didn't lose a bet. I, I won the bet by actually growing it. And it was it was the most awful thing. It was the most it was the single most awful thing I've ever had to do. And I had to keep it for like a month and I wasn't allowed to shave it. I wasn't allowed to trim it or anything. I just had to let it go. And it was mm-hmm. absolutely god awful. It was itchy. It was hot. It was uh, it was hell to keep clean. And it was just an absolute pain. And I will never, as long as I live, ever go through that again. If I could get electrolysis on my whole face, I would. I mean, so keeping it clean and and well hydrated, you know, and, I mean, it's, it's, it's not that it's not difficult. You know, you just have uh, have some oils that are good for your skin. A uh, good one is like sunflower seed oil. Uh, your skin really absorbs that one. Uh, I cook well. with sunflower seed oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, it's good for your face and or, or your skin in general. It's your skin absorbs it really well. So um, olive oil, coconut oil is good, too. It doesn't absorb as as effectively, but it's still it's still pretty good. Um, but obviously, you you know, each person's skin's a little different. Some people have sensitive skin and can't do that. Uh, but yeah, you just, you know, keep it trimmed and keep it well, you know, cleaned and hydrated. And then, yeah, I don't have any problems. Beard with it. oil, beard oil. You're so trendy, Bruce. Yeah. Beard oil. You, you are so yeah, trendy. pretty much. Well, I started that before I had a beard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Trendy. Mm-hmm. Is it vegan oil? I mean, technically nothing's vegan if you, uh, except for, actually, I can't say our synthetic stuff is vegan because if it's petroleum based, that was from dinosaurs. So you can't say that's vegan either. So, mm-hmm. okay. Well, I guess that maybe that was the wrong question to ask. Was it gluten-free oil? Uh, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is oil gluten-free? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I saw this. I was walking down the juice aisle in the store one day. Did I, did I tell you this? I was walking down the juice aisle and I saw I this. Know. It was like, it was like banana juice or something, and it said uh, gluten-free banana juice or, or vegan gluten-free banana juice or something. And I thought, really? Like, we're, we have, like, gluten-free juice gluten now? I, I didn't realize there was any yeah. gluten in juice. So it's like, it, I, I don't I don't quite understand it. I, I really don't understand I, it. Got me on that one. 
I'm sorry, I got really thirsty. I had to take a drink of gluten-free water. <laughs> diet okay. water. Yeah, diet water, yes. <laughs> um, okay, where do you want to start today? I really have no idea. Like, we we talked about 2030 yesterday, and we didn't get very far on it. We got to, like, what was it, point number five, like the gender equality stuff. And yeah, yeah, that was... Starting off that with was, six, yeah. Yeah, that was decent progress. So I think we're going to start tomorrow with uh, yeah. with clean water, I think is where we're going to pick up. And... Uh, that's a that's going to be an interesting talk. I mean, I don't want to rush that. I really don't want to rush that because there's just so many important points in there. But after yesterday, I'm just like, you know what? We need a day where we just kind of kick back and we just talk about whatever's out there, and which is what we normally do every day. But sometimes we take it to a serious level. And today, I really don't want to be too serious. Of course, I always say that, don't I? And we never really, <laughs> we never we really end up being that. serious. We always end up being yeah. serious. But it, it, yeah. we advertise as no nonsense. But you know, something. Some days we have to have some nonsense. I guess you know we, we kind of have to. So. All right. There's a lot of things that are out there today. Just off topic stuff. Nothing major. I mean, it's not like there's anything of, oh, I don't know, riots in in Wisconsin or New York saying that all the restaurants are going to close by the end of the year or the wildfires that have burned over a million acres plus now in in California. And uh, the TV industry is never going to recover. See, nothing serious, right? There's nothing serious in any of all this. Just a normal And of course, there's a... Yeah, there's a there's a tech firm that's uh, releasing a pay by face system in California, in Pasadena, California. I mean, that's not a big deal, right? That, that's that's not a big deal. Pay by face. That, that's a pay that's by a face term. Yeah, pay by mm-hmm. face. Yeah, it's, that's what it's called. So actually, we can just start there, right? So a tech firm releases a pay by face system in Pasadena, California. This is where we are. So the company says it's called Pop ID. Says that it's helped a dozen, or it's helped dozens of retailers and restaurants in Pasadena, California, establish the nation's first dense face pay network. Which I mean, we kind of already have this stuff anyway, right? We got the well. You've been, excuse me, we've been trained for this for a good number of years now. Face unlock for your phone. Right. Oh, look, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Just just look mm-hmm. at your phone. You don't need to you don't need to do anything. You don't need to type in a code anymore. Right. It recognizes you. Just look at it. So this company's pop pay facial recognition devices can allow contactless hands free payment at a kiosk, a drive through a screen at a counter or table side with a handheld device. That's just that's so convenient. That is so convenient. Uh, once the system recognizes your face. It draws funds from your account and then sends you a text message to confirm the payment. Isn't that so? Isn't that so convenient? I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, hmm. I my my phone would fail that one actually because I don't hmm. think my phone knows who recognizes me. <laughs> I, I use the camera and whatnot so little mm-hmm. and have them covered up most of the time. You know, I don't. I don't think my phone would do well at mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. identifying well, the comp- me. Well, the company says now, if you're worried about any kind of obstructions or identification problems, the company says that they've got that figured out, oddly enough. Fantastic point you bring up there. The company said that its facial recognition systems are opt-in only, right? You, they're not required. Of course, no, no, no. See, they're not required. Although, no, if you don't use them, yeah, if you don't use them, then of course you can't go to that establishment. I mean, that's all there is to it. But the demonstration video... Though. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, now, see, they're not making you do it, right? They're not forcing you to do it. No, no. Uh, a demonstration provided by Pop ID shows a customer wearing a mask using the system. So, see, it can recognize you even if you're wearing a mask. You know, that actually kind of makes sense if they were using something that could penetrate the mask, similar to like X-rays or something. Or, or I don't think ultraviolet can pen- uh, penetrate it. You'd have to use pretty strong ultraviolet to do that. But yeah, if they could use something of that nature to get to the skin level and and I identify you there, plausible. 
maybe well that technology already exists it's been there for a good number of years yeah, now airports use so it it's, yeah it's there yes i know all right uh pop id accounts now this is where it gets interesting pop id accounts can also tie in business loyalty programs and track credit hmm. for purchases hmm. yeah yeah sounds like a good idea so it's, I mean, it's going to work in all right? this stuff. Yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. work in all this stuff to just make it more easy for you, you see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This company's also marketing something called Pop Entry. So it's not, it's not just an ID technology. It's something called Pop Entry. This technology can be used for workers to, quote, scan in at their jobs or... For students entering campus facilities. Well, I mean, with all this that's been going on. And now here's here's the really good part about this, right? Is if this wasn't good enough, the devices themselves, they are also equipped with thermal temperature screening as a health safety measure. They're going to scan and monitor your body temperature as it's looking at you. So, I mean, I can't tell you how convenient that is, right? It's got it's it's basically this all in one. Didn't we kind of cover something like this? When we were looking at the uh, the quote new way to get into sports stadiums, wasn't this one of the uh, the the things like it was attached to the turnstile? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And they were also saying that it's scientists were saying that tracking people based on their temperature isn't accurate. Like you, you can't you can't use that to say whether or not they're they're COVID positive or or anything like that because it's not accurate. Like it's you could go accurate. out for a jog and you would show up as having a a, a fever. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was looking at something earlier. The New York Jets, you know, the football team, the professional football team, mm-hmm. which I'm sure that name is somehow offensive to somebody. So I'm surprised they even have it still. But um, they had their entire team, the entire team tested positive for COVID-19. And then it turned out to be a false positive for the entire team. So even that on the test, sound suspicious at all. No, of course not. Even on the testing, it's not it's not even accurate. These things are a joke. If you get a positive reading out of these tests, then the company that takes the test, they get more money. That's the incentive. Yep. That's precisely yep. why you're getting so many false positives, because the tests are faulty. That's how they're able to continue this scam. Well, I mean, with everything shut down, you don't think there's an incentive there at all, you know, for, you know, just kind of breaking in a little bit of government money. I mean, it's free money, right? You know? You just have to change a few things in your uh, report. Oh, sure. Sure, of course. Uh, But keeping with Pop ID here, the CEO, John Miller, said that in each new city that we enter, we initially focus on installing Pop Entry systems in the workplace and on local college campuses. I got to give this guy credit for being an entrepreneur in the middle of all this, but I'm sorry. Look what you're doing. I'm sorry. Look what you're doing. But he has said, as these communities grow comfortable using Pop ID to check in, we enlist area restaurants and retailers to offer Pop Pay for transactions. Do you know what the initial start of this was? And, and I'll, I, I'm sure they still have it. I don't. I don't know. I've, I I couldn't tell you because I'm not on it. But do you remember when social media started check-ins? Do you remember that? Check-ins. No. Yeah, check-ins. I don't, it, and, doesn't, it doesn't ring a bell. Okay, check-ins. Basically, what it was, it was something that you could show where you were and who you're with and all that stuff. Oh. But... That doesn't sound problematic at all. No. I mean, they started that a long time ago. There was Uh a company that came along, and I don't know if it's still out there. There was a company that came along. I believe it was called Foursquare. And Foursquare was a company that would allow you to check in, but you would earn points. See, they turned it into a game. So you would earn points against, you know, your friends and your family and and other people around the community. And then if you would check in many times at the same place, then you would get more points as being a 
I don't know, a preferred person at that place. And then you could get discount cards to shop at that place or to frequent that place, mm. whatever it might be. And that, mm-hmm. that's been almost mm-hmm. 10 years ago now. I don't like I said, I don't know if the company's still around, but that to me seems like an early, early beta to bring in something like this. I mean, that's that's just my opinion. But I remember when that stuff started. And the more I thought about it, I mean, I never did any of that stuff, but then I, I looked at it and I thought, okay, uh, does this seem right? You know, everyone's checking into all these places. I mean, that doesn't like you're telling people where you're at. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? That was something that I was always taught not to do. Yeah. When we got on, right. it's like we're, we're old school in, in the like we, we remember the days of the Internet when you would log in. And it would be like you'd had that annoying, dit, 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 you know, to log into the Internet. We remember those days when they were yeah. saying, don't share your private information. Don't tell people where you're at. Don't tell any of that information. So it was kind of like a ingrained in us. You don't you don't share that kind of information. You don't tell people when you're going to be away from your home. Uh, and don't post it out there to the public. I don't know. It just it, it seems so foolish. But that's the thing, though. It's we've been maneuvered into this situation now, and it's like one or two generations has, have come up, and they've been around this stuff, and now it's well, just yeah, everyone else is doing it. Why aren't you? You're looked at now as the outcast for not doing it. I mean, that's that's what it is. I, I never got into that stuff. I used to read about what social media was all about. I thought, what does this? Does any of this seem right? I mean, I was questioning all this stuff well over a decade ago, and I thought, does any of this stuff seem right to anybody? And people used to get on to me when I, because I, I was on Facebook there for a while, initially when I was started to travel, and it was an easy way to keep in touch. As Marty had talked sure. about before, you start jumping all over the place, all over the globe, it's an easy way to keep in touch with friends and family. And that's what I was sure. using it for. But I would never post anything. I would never post anything. And people would get on to me. They would send me DMs and they would say, uh, why don't you post something? What's wrong with you? And I'm thinking, why do you need to see that? Like, what what is the the thing about that? I would always tell people, I'm like, I don't care. I mean, I, I really don't care. And to this day, I don't care. That's not something that I do. That's not something that I would want to do. And on top of that, and I mean, no disrespect to anyone that's on those networks, right? If that's what you want to do, that's your business. But at the end of the day, I don't care what someone else does. I, I don't care what someone else does. If someone posts something up online, that's on them. I really don't care to see that. I don't care about what your uh, like what your kids are doing. I don't care about what you had for dinner. I don't care about where you're having a vacation. I don't care about any of that stuff. I hope you have a good time. That doesn't mean that I'm a, a disrespectful person, and that doesn't mean that I'm going to be um, uh, spiteful towards that person. Of course not. But that's just not something that I myself would do, and I don't like how people such as myself and others, I'm not the only one, but other people are treated because we don't join in with that, right? That's, that's just not me. Do you remember, this was this was a while back, we talked about a story where there was a Instagram, I don't want you to call them influencer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was some chick that would that would post pictures and, and interact with people as, as she went on her travels. And she was usually pretty careful. Uh, this was in Asia. Uh, she was usually pretty careful about not showing where she was at, right? And this stalker dude took the reflection from her eye and figured out where she was and then stalked her and figured out where her apartment was. Now, that was with the reflection from their eye, okay? The the stuff that people post on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram is far more detailed and like hey, we're going on vacation to this location. And it's like, you've posted where you live. You've posted where you're going, when you're going. It's like, if it, if I'm a criminal, man, it's it's going to be super easy to figure out when to rob you guys this place. Like, 
so it's just, I don't know, man, that that's always sketched me out. No, I hear you. I'm sorry. I was responding to a text. Someone just sent me a text. They said, uh, if Biden wins, I'm leaving the country. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like you're in the middle of that. And it's like, yeah, OK, which, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, people post that we've been warning about that uh, for years. And I've been arguing with people back and mm-hmm. forth about when they post something about where they are or they're out with their family or they're on vacation and they're taking uh, pictures on the beach with themselves and their kids and, and their spouses and all that stuff. And I'm like, are you people nuts? Are, are you nuts? First of all, You've got pictures of your kids online. Okay, that's the first problem. Okay, God only knows who sees that. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing, you're advertising to the world that you're not home. And if anyone knows where you live or if someone knows someone that knows you and you know, yeah, and they know, you get what I'm saying. If they know where you Mm -hmm. live, Mm -hmm. they're going to come rob your house. So it's just, I I think it's crazy. Now, if you're going to do that stuff, Okay, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but if you're going to post pictures of yourself or whatever on vacation, I would highly recommend you do it when you get back. Do it after you're already home, right? I mean, that's right. that's what I would do. But anyway, uh, nonetheless. All right, so we were talking there about Pop ID. We got into privacy stuff and mm-hmm. social networking and all that crap. But there is, and we talked about university campuses adopting that. We talked about it, I think it was on the morning show yesterday or something, or day before, about students that have to live in this four and a half mile, quote, bubble, and they're not allowed to leave. And if they do leave, then they have to get written permission five days ahead of time. And they're only allowed to shop at preferred business or approved businesses, sorry, or which would be preferred businesses. Same thing in this case. But mm-hmm. Oklahoma State is doing something similar to that now as well, because we weren't talking yeah. about Oklahoma. It was someplace in Michigan, I think it was. But this yeah. is your home state. So I thought I'd let yeah. you do the honors. What's going on? Um, so, yeah, they are. This is uh, this is. Oklahoma State University, right? It's in Stillwater, Oklahoma. They decided that they're going to track their students and staff. And they're they're claiming now, now, this is for COVID, right? This is to protect you from COVID and to ensure that you don't catch it and don't spread it, uh, to ensure you're socially distanced and uh-huh. ensures that you don't leave the premises. And oh, they're nice. using the Wi-Fi, the campus Wi-Fi to do this. There's now, over five. Mm-hmm. They're using Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi doesn't have that kind of yes. range. Well, they have 5,000 hotspots around the campus. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. Never mind. Go on. So, yeah. So if you leave the campus, they'll they'll know you left the campus. And, uh, you know, obviously they already have systems in place to ensure that you're a student and you can use certain things. You know, you already have a card and everything that you have to scan to use certain things. You know, typical thing there. But they're also using, you know, different methods to track you to ensure that, you, um, that you're still on the campus. And if you leave... You can get suspended. Okay. Um, explain to me why anyone would agree to this. I mean, really, really. I mean, it's or is it just me? Because I, I would look at that and say, I'm sorry, uh, I want my tuition back. I, I didn't pay for that. I, I'm not paying for that. I wouldn't want to put up with that. I would not live like that. And I've told people that before. I've said, look, if it ever gets to that point, because I mean, look, let's face it, we know that this is what they want to do everywhere. And we know that the colleges in America are compromised and they've been infiltrated. That's why they're beta testing them on the university campuses, because they can. So they want to do this everywhere. Eventually, that's what it's all about. So it's 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 slow increments of where, you know, of everything. See, like the TSA. Well, they started putting the TSA in the airports. Now what? We're 20 years into it. What do you think they're going to start doing, especially with COVID? With that under DHS, Mm -hmm. they're going to put them everywhere. They're going to put them everywhere. And so with this type of system, we already see it. It's already starting with the software that's being put on your phones that you can't remove, right? 
all of this well you're going right. to be you're going to be in close proximity to this person and and you're going to be notified of this and if you do that then uh, it's a mandate for you to shut down whatever it is you're doing and go home and stay there and if you come out uh well if you're in New York you get fined $10,000 right that's what it's going to be and I tell you what, man, people better understand this. You, you better get wise with what's happening, because once it gets to a point where it, it it's I don't know. I mean, it's just how, how do I put this without I, I know exactly what I want to say, but I can't say it. So I'm trying to talk around it <laughs> because right. you and I have talked about it privately offline. And look, I, I'm just going to put it this way. I'll, I'll, I'm going to say this one thing. If it gets to that point where people don't decide where the line in the sand is. If people don't decide where enough is enough, then we're going to go down a road we don't want to go down. And we're already starting down that road, aren't we? We're, we're already headed down this road. And yeah, I, people are yeah. not going to like where this goes. They're not going to like where this goes. Yeah. The other reason I think that they're using the college campuses is, generally speaking, the younger generations are more apt, more accepting to new technologies and, and to te- um, use technology in general, right? They're used to it. They've been conditioned with it. They've grown up with it. So it's not, it's it's really not, so, I mean, 2020, right? 9-11, like they're 20 years old now. They're almost old enough to drink now if you were born just after 9-11. So I mean, next year they'll be able to drink. That's crazy to think about. So yeah, it, it's concerning. They're, they're bringing, and the, I, I say they're the younger generations are the one that's more accepting of it. But I've seen studies that shown that the older generation, the boomer generation, was actually just as accepting of technology. I was seeing reports that it, it's actually, you know, how they said that like the the book industry um, mm-hmm. is tanking because of millennials. Yes, actually, that's not true. Uh, millennials are buying more books than their pre- the previous generation before them. They're buying more hardcover or, or you know, physical copies versus digital copies than mm-hmm. like the boomer generation. And you know, one of the one of the things that I've heard argued from uh, that generation, the boomer generation, is when you when you have it on a device, you can change the font, makes it easier to read. You know, just just little things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I, I happen to like. The I totally books. get it. <laughs> Yeah, I happen to like yeah. the physical books. I, I do. I, I do have a Kindle. Uh, I got it sitting right here next to me. And I, I do have it as a backup because if there are certain things, I, which I don't like digital books, right? It, but it, there are certain books that you just cannot get within reason that are physical books. And it's really hard sometimes to track them down. It really is. Yeah. So I, I can I yeah. can get the fact like I was looking for a book not long ago. I was telling you about it. And it was literally mm-hmm. it was a hundred page book. I was looking for it and I found a copy, but it was two hundred and thirty dollars. OK, don't yeah, get me exactly. wrong. I am a I, I'm a, a person that collects very interesting books on certain subjects. OK, and I read mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and I'm willing to pay a decent amount of money for them. However, I am not, not paying two hundred thirty dollars <laughs> for a book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or they had it on totally Kindle for four bucks. Guess what I did? Yeah. You know, I bought it on Kindle for yeah. four bucks. Exactly. So uh, it, the, the thing is, it, it's exactly that. In some cases, you'll, you'll see millennials buy them off of uh, a device, you know, Kindle or whatever, because it is cheaper. But generally speaking, they still go for the books, the, the actual physical books. And honestly, personally, I'm for physical books just because you can't edit them, right? They they have right. to physically burn it. So when this goes nuts and, you know, civilization goes crazy, those physical copies uh, that you have, if you can retain them when things go stable again, uh, assuming it does go stable, you, you've got that, that book there for history, you know, uh, to, to set the record straight. So it's uh, it's always good to have hard, hard copy or a physical copy. 
And the other thing too is you you want to be careful of the the pages that you like the books when you buy them the pages what what they're made of. Um, if I, the, so, when you when you touch the page, if it's kind of rough, you know, it's kind of those pages typically only last about twenty years tops. But the you know like academic books that you see, you know how the the pages almost feel laminated; they almost kind of feel plastic. Those ones will last you like a hundred years or longer. You know, I have a book. One of the most prized books of uh, of my collection is a book that was published in 1939. And it is surprisingly, it's still holding up well. The binding is still good. And I read Mm -hmm. it. It's quite a read. I have to be honest. It's about the American gangster era. At like real stories from uh, from the FBI, and it's held up really well. It's really held up well, but it has the uh, the, you know, the rough paper uh, like uh-huh. you're talking about. So it's not like the the laminate one, but the, of course the pages are faded and things like that. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. it's still uh, still very clean. Though it's you know uh, it's it's been um, it's been through some uh, some rough times. But other than that, you know, a couple of couple of spots here and there on the uh, the hardcover. But other than that, for a book that's you know, almost a hundred years old, I'd say that it's, you know, <laughs> pretty good condition. Mm-hmm. And, and considering what it's been through uh, and where, you know, I found it hiding in a bookstore in London. And if you think about it, you know, the book was published in 39, or I'm sorry, 1938. I'm sorry, 1938. Uh, if you think about it uh, in 1938, what was happening in Europe? Yeah. You had the, uh, you had the war brewing in Europe. It was going yeah. on. So if you think about it, this book survived uh, one of the most heinous conflicts the world's ever seen. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's here. You know, it's it's in my hands now. Like I said, it's got a couple of spots on it. But uh, other than that, all things considered, the binding is still solid and the pages are still clean, though they are faded. Uh, the pages are mm-hmm. clean. And it's I tell you what, though, it's a fa- fascinating read. Uh, and they're very like this book is extremely hard to find. Uh, and I was lucky to find it. And I was lucky to find it for the price I did. I found it for about I think it was $40. That's that, uh, that that's kind of like a and so the texture of the page is kind of like a general rule, if you will. But basically, the the gist of it is, if it's a if it's a higher pH uh, paper, you know, more more on the acidic side of the scale, um, mm-hmm. that paper will degrade quickly. Whereas oh, uh, something that's more neutral uh, won't. And typically, the the plastic ones that we have nowadays uh, will will typically last longer. Now, obviously, the, the the papers they used back in the day, you know, the old school paper. That stuff actually lasts quite a while just because of the, the the process that they used to make it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like an acid on top of that. The paper's thicker, heavier, you know, so, but yeah, anyway, that's kind of, kind of off on the, um, uh, what we were talking about there with, uh, it is. We're tracking talking, about, and talking about books that are 100 years old. You know, it's kind of way off on the tracking. If you would have told people 100 years ago where we'd be now, they wouldn't have believed it. Anyway, all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's get off of the uh, let's get off of the books. Uh, but yes, uh, what what's happening at that university? Appalling. I'm sorry, it's appalling. I, I certainly would not stand for that. I, I would not stand for that. I, I really wouldn't because that's just that's awful to live like that. And I've said to people before. I said, look, if it like that's my line. That is my line. When it gets to that point, I will not live like that. I won't. I, I've said it from the start of this thing. When we started talking about social credit, I think it was what, week two, week three, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it was It was really early on. And I said then, I won't live like that. I will not live like that. I don't care what I have to do, but I won't live like that. Just won't do it. I mean, my, my question is for, for the average listener, are they willing to give up your liberties? Like... You like to freely travel, right? You like to uh, go to your restaurant and your favorite restaurant and favorite store, or what have you, and you know, live a normal life. Or do you, or do you want the government to track you like this? 
See, that's what it comes down to is that right there is what you, what you said. Do people want to live like that or do they want to fight back against it? Because if you don't fight back against it, then you see where it's going to go. You see what not fighting back has gotten us now. Do you see what not pushing back on these uh, these control freaks have gotten us to this point? Do you like where you're at? Do you like where society is? Do you like what they're talking about when it comes to, oh, uh, well, no, it was uh, it was 14 days, right? It was 14 days. And then what we were told, oh, it's 14. Yeah. We just need to flatten that curve. Then it was first it was two weeks. Then oh, it was two months. No, we just we just need to do it. Well, it it's got to be two months. Now, what are they saying? Two years. Yeah. And what are we at now? Day 160 or so. Something like that. I've lost track now, but yeah, it's like 160. But the question is, is what are people willing to do to stay free? Do you want to stay free? And I love the the Americans that say, oh, we're the freest country in the world. Are we? Are we? I've been hearing that. I've been hearing that for a decade. Oh, we're the freest country in the world. Are you? Because I tell you something, the last time I was there, the last time I was there, I didn't feel like I was free. Didn't feel like it at all. I felt like everything that was going on over there, and, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, D- does anyone not see this? Does anyone not see where this is going? I mean, I could see it a year and a half ago. That's why we started this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe when I, about teenage years, um, early 20s as well, I kind of, I had that sentiment. I, I believe that. I was like, this is, this is, this is America, man. This is, you know, uh, freedom, liberty, you know, this is, this is, this is the country to be in. The more and more we dig into this, I'm, I'm sitting here going, huh, we have a lot of things in place that are fascistic in a, in a sense. We've lost a lot of our freedoms and liberties just because we gave them up. We allowed the government to take them from us, which, by the way, that is how the government in the U.S. gets more power. We, the people, allow them to get more power. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, like you said, that's that's why we one of the reasons that we, you know, got into this. Uh, so the more and more we get into this, the more I see it. It's not we're 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 not anymore, unfortunately. And if we if we continue to be complacent, congratulations, we're going to have social credit as early as next year, honestly. And, you know, it wasn't until I got into a certain line of work did I start to really understand about privacy, information control, information security and things like that. And it's it's really it's not what people think it is. I got everybody that used to tell me, oh, yeah, you see this uh, this new MasterCard where you don't have to do anything. You just tap it. And I say, do you, do you understand how unsecure that is? And I, I mean, I didn't even know. I, I was that where you were at, Bruce. I, I was that person when I was back, you know, when, when I was that age, I was saying, you know, early 20s and stuff, because it was, obviously it was right after 9-11 and all that. And mm-hmm. it was patriotism was the thing, right? That was the thing. If you were not patriotic after 9-11, people thought there was something wrong with you. Now, if you're patriotic, what are you called? Pick your label. There's so many of them now. Pick your label. And that see, that's the problem is when you get into this identity politics garbage is they will essentially they'll just change the meaning of things. And that's what they're doing. They're changing the meaning yeah. of things and they change the meanings of those topics to best represent what narrative they want to put forward. See, that's the revolution mm-hmm. now. That's the war. And until people figure out that they're reshaping everything in society based around their definition of what they think something is. See, what is what is nationalism? What have they done to that term? They've turned it into fascism, haven't they? But what they're doing is they themselves, I'm talking about these whack jobs that are implementing this policy on society, they themselves are the fascists. That's what's funny about this whole thing. But yet anyone that tries to stand up against it, you're shouted down as a fascist. Everything's inverted. And speaking of fascism, we have the most authoritarian gentleman. (laughs) 
who has ever graced our presence on this uh, on this podcast. GP, it's been a long time. We were worried about you. Last we heard, last we heard, and literally I haven't talked to you since then. Last we heard, mm. you were on your way to Governor Newsom's state house, and that was the last we heard of you. We feared the worst. We feared the worst. <laughs> Much like France, I didn't get very far. No, the... Um... <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I actually went out into the sticks and took a few weeks of just perspective, some time to see things. You know, the media really, you are correct, is in there directing us towards a direction. And when you're escaped into an area where we were in a community and where I went to, and it's, a, you know, it's a lot of RVs and it, there's probably, I don't know, four or 500 of us and plus families, four or 500 families. And we didn't care where you were from. We didn't care how much money you made. We didn't care anything. We cared about making sure our camps were clean. No one burnt down the camps. <laughs> that was like the biggest one because it's pretty dry out where we were. And without the media, because we didn't have a lot, of, not a lot of people had great internet. And so actually almost everybody didn't have really weird crap. It was terrible, terrible, terrible reception. So we, we pretty much were all just spending time talking to each other or doing our camps, barbecues, making s'mores, outdoor activities, having a great time. And, and that was it. We were having a great time because there was no one telling us that the world is burning down. There's no one telling us that we're supposed to think this way. We're supposed to think that way. We didn't have that. We just had the decency of human beings. And even we had the trumpet player guy going around 11 o'clock at night. We just sat and talked to stop to him and just said, hey, you could do it anytime before 11. Just just not after 11. And guess what? You know what happened? He didn't play after 11 anymore. It's pretty awesome. I mean, we just it's just good human beings. And this media, this this thing, you're like you're saying, they're they're trying they're redefining everything to to make us believe that, you know, that this is how the world is. That it's us against them or them against they or they against Zim. I, I don't know where to go. <laughs> it was great. It was a great two weeks. It was, it was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome being in a in a community of people that really just cared about each other, regardless of anything. So how was your guys' two weeks? I have not been able to hear anything or listen to anything because, like I said, we had reception. It was terrible. Oh, and I okay. just got in last night. Well, we were, uh, we've covered quite a bit since you've been gone. We covered the apocalypse. I mean, nothing major, really. Just the apocalypse? Just, just the <laughs> yeah, apocalypse. Yeah. And um, essentially, we, we've been talking about a lot of things. We've been talking about where they're taking us. And when I say they, we're talking about we've uncovered quite a bit of things since you've been gone. Give me a name. Uh, well, you can start with the World Economic Forum, and then you can just go from there. Mm -hmm. And okay. essentially, uh, I'll, I'll fill you in uh, on the side, but the listeners have already heard this. But let's kind of let, let's kind of keep to it here. But I had actually I figured that since we hadn't heard from you, in all seriousness, I mean, I knew that mm -hmm. I, I was saying. I actually <laughs> said on a podcast once while you were gone, I said, you know, we haven't heard from GP in a while. Last we heard, he was on his way to Governor Gavin Newsom's house, and that was the last we heard of him. So we were hoping the best for you. But in a serious manner, we kind of figured that you were out in the sticks. We figured you were out mm -hmm. uh, yes. hiking, camping, exploring the yes. um, the countryside or whatever. And then, mm -hmm. then it dawned the on me. Yeah, then it dawned on me. You were kilt shopping all that time before mm -hmm. all this. And mm -hmm. you were shopping for, uh, it wasn't a camelback. You said you didn't like those. You were looking for a water bottle of some kind. Something you could mm -hmm. take on. Or it, was a pack a filtration. Take. it was a filtration device. It was a filtration and a pack, but yeah. Okay. Life straws. Well, I like Dyneema. I like Dyneema, but they really don't have any. I, I kind of like a frameless and most of Dyneema packs are, are well, uh -huh. just, 
they just they're not comfortable. Okay. Well, since you've been out there in all this, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you had a really great time. I did. How long? It was awesome. How long? It was amazing. You, yeah. How long have you been back in LA? Uh, hours. Hours. Okay. So mm-hmm. you don't know about what's actually going on in the city, then? No, I have no idea. I honestly, okay. I have no idea. I have been living humanity's paradise. You know, the hippies were onto something, kind of. Because, <laughs> I don't know, man. These two weeks. <laughs> Give me were a tie-dye com- shirt, man. Were you in a commune? It's, when you said you were in a, a human community, were you in a hippie commune? I'm starting to wonder. You know, no, it, it, no. It, you went to Burning Man, didn't you? You went to Burning Man, didn't you? You said it was awful dry where you were. Oh, man. I wish it was Burning Man. No, actually, I don't because it was actually really good. No, it was awesome. But what would tell me what has happened to L.A. since okay. I've been gone? Okay, your mayor, uh, Garcetti the Machete out there, he has decided that anyone that hosts any kind of gathering, and that goes from house parties to barbecues to anything like that, Mm -hmm. they will have the city and the utilities shut off water and electricity to your residence if you're caught. There's no fines. There's no warnings. No nothing. It's just gone. Well, he was doing that before I left because that was was actually one of our little... That was one of our little laughing topics okay, because well, we were a giant gathering of 400 people. Like, what are they going to do to us? Yeah, but that was to families. businesses. Yeah, but that was to businesses. This is to individual residences. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. What has happened also is Hollywood. I mean, we, we called this one, right? Hollywood's packing up. They're, they're packing up. They're moving out. A lot of the movie shooting production companies, they have moved to Canada already. They're, they're shooting movies awesome. in Canada now. So they're they're out awesome. of there. Also, there is uh, a headline I've been kind of holding for uh, uh, for about uh, for about 10 days now to when you got back. They're talking about Hollywood's apocalypse. Right. And it's essentially it's not what you think it is, but they're talking about how the rich people and the ones that are, you know, the famous faces and things like that, they're fleeing. They're, mm-hmm. they're leaving. They're, they're packing up. They're selling everything they've got because it's turned into a cesspit of uh, junkies and violent criminals. No. Uh, but the, yeah. But they're talking about all the businesses like uh, Gold's Gym, places down by, uh, of course, all the all the places down there by Venice Beach uh, and all that stuff. And uh, the film, uh, film industry and all that stuff. Everyone's leaving like they're all packing up and they're all they're all pulling out and they're all leaving. Is the so, virus still uh, so smart to tell the difference between a social gathering like a church and a gym yes, versus yes. a looting, rioting? Yes. You know, yes. Can, it can tell the difference still. OK, yes. good. I was just making sure it's smart enough. If you say, yeah, it, but we've also learned uh, the science community has come out over the last week and they've said that if you say without a mask, right, if you say Black Lives Matter while you're talking to someone without a mask, it kills the virus instantly. Oh, good, good, good. Just making sure. Yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah, we didn't want to hear that in any of our. We didn't hear any of that in our group, and we had a lot of mixed people. Yeah, that's good. Good. Two weeks um, of awesomeness. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you got to do good. it. No, it'll, it'll unwind have, you guys. It seriously, yeah. it will unwind I'm, your life. I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad you had fun. But I'm sad but, that that's what's going on because that is just disturbing. That's exactly the opposite what I was hoping to come back to. Well, there's that, and then there was a California assemblyman who has proposed a. A wealth tax on anyone that earns, or excuse me, anyone that is worth more than $30 million a year. And, and that's good. Okay. Worth more than $30 million a year or yes, worth worth more? Worth. Okay. How, how, okay. How does that define? Like you making like no. your annuities and your, no, everything is no. not speaking no. or your investments or whatever it may be. No. Residual incomes, it's, it's, royalties. It's, it's based so on So if you have 30 million period, you're getting taxed extra. 
Yeah, not not thirty million dollars, thirty million in like assets, everything, everything you own, possessions, furniture, vehicles, everything is included. In I this. would be getting the hell out of here. I'd have. Oh, to it gets of, better. To it gets better. No, 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 I love how you say you're going to be getting out of there. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. You, okay, here's here's the deal. If you, they're mm-hmm. trying to make it to where if you get out of there mm-hmm. with that amount of money, then they have the right to tax you 90% and drawing it down 10% each year for up to 10 years until it disappears. That's disgusting. Isn't it? Isn't it? But they say that Sacramento has to do something to recoup these losses. They, they have to do something. You know, it's it's not uncommon. Do you understand that these people, people are the ones that are employing everybody? That these people are the ones that are distributing wealth amongst the... They distribute wealth amongst the communities far more than they're giving credit for. And they don't want credit. They're not out there taking photo ops and everything else. I mean, everyone, you, you know, when I see when I'm down there working and helping out and doing volunteer time is other billionaires and, and these millionaires and everyone else not wanting a photo op. They're just wanting to help because they're very, they're blessed and they're thankful for the money that they've made. They're thankful that they're in the position that they are and they're out there helping and giving back. You know, the ones that I don't see that are giving back in the same level. Hollywood, you know how rarely that you know if I see a Hollywood person, I'm like, oh, it's a photo op, ah, and I and I get out, and then pretty much everyone else gets out unless they're you know they're they're out there for the photo op, but the real people making the real money are out there just going, please help me make this money make our communities better, and the people that ended up taking the monies are not the people that should be getting the money. That's some of the sad part, but a lot of a lot of everybody's working out there. They're out there, you know, working, cleaning. Picking up, removing graffiti. See, see, now you got me back on this hippie stuff. I'm sorry, I GP. I am going to turn into a hippie. <laughs> I know. I know. You asked what was going on since you've been gone. I was just bringing you up to speed uh-huh. as it relates to California. However, what's happening in New York? And I know that you don't know this. Uh, what's happening in what's New York? What's going on in New York? I have no idea. I have Seriously, I have okay. no knowledge of what's All right. going on in the world. Here, here's what's happening in New York. It's been this amazing. Is not, yeah. And this is, and I'm happy for you, right? I am. I'm happy mm-hmm. for you. And to be honest with you, I was actually going to call you tonight and I was going to mm-hmm. see if you were okay because I hadn't heard from you in like three weeks. What is going on in New York is, you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. New York is a ghost town. It is a ghost town. It's nearly vacant. And there what? are... Yeah, I'm not joking. It is nearly vacant. 30 to 50% of the businesses are boarded up, shut down permanently and not coming back. There is a mass exodus from the city. They've lost over a half a million residents and they're losing more every day. There's upwards of 20,000 apartments up for rent at a 30% discount in Manhattan alone. In Manhattan? Holy cow. In Manhattan, yes. And it gets it gets worse. It gets worse. Everything down Fifth Avenue is boarded up. It's all gone. Yeah, Saks Fifth Avenue, all, all mm-hmm. yeah, everything well, down that boarded be up, smart gone. Smart because of all the rioters and looters. Yes, yes. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. If let's say you wanted to go to New York, okay? Let's say you wanted to go there. All right. This is another thing that's devastating the city and the boroughs. If you want to go to New York, you have to go through a checkpoint that has been set up at key entry points to the city. Mm-hmm. That includes trains, airports, bridges, and the like. You have to stop at the checkpoint. You have to fill out a form, a medical form. If you refuse to fill out the medical form, you are charged $2,000 on the spot. Once you fill out the medical form... What? You are then instructed to go to a hotel where you are to remain quarantined for a period of 14 days. If you are caught breaking the quarantine anytime within that 14 days, you are fined $10,000 on the spot. 
in short, New York City's collapsing and the media is not even saying anything about it. It's happening. I, I don't even I don't even know what to say. Except for I'm 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 gonna be leaving again. <laughs> <laughs> you've got businesses, you've got businesses up there that have closed up restaurants. Restaurants can't open. They can't open. And they've closed down and they said We're, we can't even do business here anymore. And you've got restaurant owners coming out now saying that restaurants will not survive to the end of this year. By the end of this year, restaurants will not survive with their shutting down with the way that they have indoor dining shut down. They will not survive. They will shut it all down. Mm. So this is what's happening in New York. Like this should be top top stories across across the country. Ninety percent of the office buildings. Let, let me put it this way. Okay, the office buildings. You think okay, well, there's a lot of offices and stuff in, in New York. Okay, yes, fine. New York yeah, City fine. offices. Yes, New York City offices. Forget the restaurant business and and the shopping and all that stuff. Okay, that's one thing. New York City office business. Office businesses are open. They're open. But here's the problem. 90% of the offices are vacant. And this has happened within the last, I don't know, 30 to 60 days. 90% of the office space in New York are vacant. And the ones that are in the office, they're packing up and leaving. And you say, well, why is that? Companies have figured out in New York City and in other cities around the world now are starting to see the same thing. The companies can actually make more profit by not having the employees at the offices. So people aren't going to work. They're not going to the office any longer. So there's no need to do that. So they're just leaving the vacant, like the buildings are vacant. I bet you weren't expecting any well, of that, were you? Oh, I was totally expecting this. I no, no, no. I, mean, saw that- I mean, New York. Well, everything I just told you. Oh, about New York? Of, of looking like that? No, not already. Uh, well, kind of already, because I, I, I expected in the first 90 days of our shutdown to be like that and start to realize that, you know, it's it's counterintuitive if you can't have anyone together let's get rid of those office costs i mean just like down here in la you know if you've got three floors you're spending millions of dollars a month well um gp um i'm glad to welcome you back to the ussr (laughs) you know what uh Uh, i felt freer in the ussr okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean checkpoints were one thing but it was rare and far between yeah yeah the Honestly, the, the the deal with New York, Johnny. What was the what was the one place the the one building that has um, was it eight thousand employees or office spaces or whatever? Yes, I, I forget what it was. The what the what the complex was called. Anyway, uh, they have I, like yeah, eight thousand employees, and only five hundred of them are back. The offices are all open. They're all allowed to come back, but only five hundred are showing up. Who's going to want to go in there? Because yeah, the people, yeah. you know, it's like I would rather work from home and, you know, not shower for three days than go into the office. Even if you don't believe that you're going to get sick, people still in the back of their heads are like, do I really risk it? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I totally would risk it personally. But my thing is, is I, I come at it from a different angle in that I'm more concerned about the other people around me in the sense of I, I don't like making people uncomfortable. Right. Right. So when I go into the public. If the area requires a mask or encourages a mask wearing, I'll wear it just because people mm-hmm. around me, will be, if it eases their mind, I'll do it. Right. Personally, I'm, I'm not concerned about this. It's a freaking flu. I mean, I, I don't, okay, I, I don't, I mean, it's super flu, cold. It's, <laughs> well, okay. Super cold. Yeah. I just said flu because coronavirus, uh, I you know, know. Well, but coronavirus. it's just, I don't know, man, it's getting so they're using this to, they're, they're exploiting this to get more control. 
And that's kind of what we were talking about with, we have universities doing track and trace. <laughs> like you can't leave the the campus, my home state, the campuses here are doing it. You can't leave the campus. And if you do, you have to quarantine mm. basically. And if you don't, then you get it, you get suspended. And we're, we're talking tracking everything. Like there's other campuses that like you can't leave within a four and a half mile perimeter. So yeah, they're, they're, they're starting to do the things we were talking about with social credit. And uh, we're quite literally, uh, I've heard experts talking on this. We're one more collapse or, or catastrophe away from having a full, complete social credit. I mean, authoritarian, fascist, whatever you want to call it, state. People are, are almost ready to give up, essentially, their, their liberties and freedoms for that security. Mm. And that, um, yeah, it's not concerning at all, right? Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Honestly, awesome. though, GP, it is no. It, it, honestly, it, in all in all seriousness, it is nice to have you back. Does that mean we're going to get you on more often now? Nope, I'm leaving again. I'm honestly, leaving. I'm already, <laughs> nope, I'm right leaving. now. I'm already tapping the keys. <laughs> I have been in such peace the last few weeks. You know, it's funny. This is awful. It's funny before this is you popped terrible. in here. Yeah, as yeah. as you before you popped in, Bruce was talking oh. about something. A text message came through, so I honestly I clicked off. I reached back mm-hmm. to see what it was, and somebody. Now, mind you, this was a person who is a lifelong Democrat. Okay, who's telling mm-hmm. me this? A person who's a lifelong Democrat says mm-hmm. to me, and, for you know, we've yeah, we've been best of awesome. friends for a long time, right? We've been best friends for a long time, and this is a person who's a lifelong Democrat. And this person said to me, "If Biden wins, I'm leaving the country." <laughs> When your own party wins, you got to go. Well, I mean, you know, I don't think I don't think it's going to matter. I, 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 you know, we we don't talk politics much, but when we did, you know, what's not going to change. You know, who's you know, we all know who really controls us. Right. Our mayors, our councilmen are, you know, these these people that are on the local the level are the ones local that dictate yep. the local. That's who really dictates our policies and what's going on. Not yep. the top people. Whoever's the top, really? They're doing anything? You think Obama really did? You think Obama's the one that really put kids in cages? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Do you think he he personally himself put out a million people back in, you know, deported a million people himself? No. No. Separate 110,000 families? No. Just a president. He's just a guy. He's just a figurehead. All That's what all presidents are, is figureheads. And the media just... Just turning everybody against everybody and just using the presidents or senators or speakers of the house as focal points. Although we do have special people out there that just capsizes the world around us. Isn't you, know, that amazing? That, <laughs> Isn't that amazing? you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. Okay. That gets to me, but they're really not affecting our day to days because our mayors have proven time in and time again, especially over the last few months, that they're the ones that hold the power. They're the ones that dictate policy. Governor Newsom's like, oh, yeah, let's do this. And the mayors are like, just go jump in a lake. Not going to happen. You know, that's, yeah. So I don't know. So this Biden, Trump, it's not going to make much of a difference. We have Biden, yeah, and great. I, we have Trump, I, great. If we can get yeah. our local mayors, better yet, put the fear in them that they can, because they're the ones that control our local dollars. You know, they're the ones that are dictating, okay, this much goes to school and this much security goes to school. And these are what policies we're going to enforce. And these are what policies we're not going to enforce. I mean, just look at the sanctuary states and cities, sanctuary cities. You know, the president, our current president is like, you know, we really want ICE in there to go deport a bunch of people that should not be here legally. But our mayors are standing up and saying, no, we're not going to do that. 
we're not going to support you. So who has the power? I'm sorry. I'm just, okay. no, I mean, that, that's, that's a great point. Cause that's a constitutional thing. Like mm-hmm. immigration stuff is literally constitutionally given to the federal government, to the house and Senate. Like mm-hmm. th- that's literally who has control over it. And yet we have mayors and states that are saying that, nah, no, we, we don't care. Mm-hmm. So we need to change locally. We need to focus in. We need the media to focus in and go, you know, you guys start looking at who your mayor is. Start looking at who your councilmen are. You know, you want you want to talk about your schools? Go for the superintendent. It doesn't matter who the president of the United States is, because I'll tell you what, he does not know anything that's going on along with your local school. I don't think he even knows what he's going to be having for lunch. And I don't care which president we're talking about. But you know who knows what's going on in our schools? The superintendent. You know what's going on in our schools? The mayors. What's going on in our communities? What's going on in crime? Which areas are, are really bad? President doesn't know that stuff. Senators don't know that stuff. Let me let me throw one thing in here real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Go, yeah, I go ahead. Before I start hey. ranting off and and literally just pack up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> so not even the mayor, not even the school board knows some of what's going on in the schools. Mm-hmm. Literally, these activist organizations, I, I, I won't name which ones, they're pushing policies like uh, the 1619 Project, for example. Mm-hmm. And they're having the teachers teach this in classes Without any approval from from the board or anything, they're just taking it on themselves to to teach this in their in the classes. So mm-hmm. the mayor, they don't know about it. I mean, same with the school board, they don't know about it because it's the teachers that are that are sneaking it in. Yeah, I know you're not allowed to monitor or eavesdrop or any of that kind of thing on any classrooms that all parents have to sign. Uh-huh. They're looking at making them sign a, mm-hmm. you know, so if a kid has a phone. And he goes, you want to hear what we're doing in class, mom? This is what we're doing in class. Yeah, that's against, you can't do that. Wait, it's, it's for the safety of the other students, you see. Right, right. Welcome back, <laughs> GP. Nice, <laughs> nice to have you back. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, it's nice uh, nice of you to pop in. Thanks. You did pop in. And, I appreciate yeah, you it. Did, you did join us on the morning show, and I wasn't sure if you'd be back uh, this afternoon or not, but I'm glad you popped in. No, it's it's good to have you back. So let's, no, put the keys down, GP. Put the keys down. Don't, don't I'm, eat just yet. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going, man. All right. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. I'm actually, I'm glad that we just kind of had an off-topic conversation today. That was kind of nice, as opposed to um, what we did yesterday. And tomorrow, we're just going to have to buckle down and get back into it because, um, because tomorrow's uh, part two of uh, 2030. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting. So for those of you who have not you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. Love getting all of your feedback, your likes, your echoes, uh, your comments. Love keeping in touch with you. So keep it all coming in. We do appreciate it. You can follow me over there at Jay Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, for those of you that would like to reach out to us and you don't want to join social media or reach out to us on social media, you don't have to. You can drop us a line anytime you'd like at tips at dynamicindependence.com. Also, for those of you that do listen to us every day, we thank you very much. We would humbly ask you to pass us along to friends and family. We're looking to grow our audience as much as possible and promote good, healthy conversation in and amongst everyone's circles. So we would appreciate if you'd pass us along. Thank you all very much. Also, if you do rate podcasts, please do drop us a rating over at Apple Podcast or any respective platform you listen to us on that has a rating system. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce and GP, welcome back. Thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.